0: Mm-hmm. What
1: did you pray again? So here's the thing. Um, I did not feel like I was even qualified to be his wife. And I said, because I was never one that, to be in the front and, you know, he's a pastor and all of that. So my, I was crying out to God and I was actually going to church and um, God said, you know, I will make you everything that he needs. That was the first thing. And then I said, God, I need, because of his history, I need you to really make me everything that he needs. Every woman that he's had, um, whatever it is, maybe it was something that she cooked that he liked, I need to know how to cook it. Mm. So I need you to make me everything he needs so he never has to look outside of this house. Never. Lisa, Lisa, Lisa.
0: I never imagined my public healing would inspire others to heal across the world.
2: I thank you for using him to reach the world with the message of hope in relationships but your life
0: does not god you are my publicist we laugh we share the unadulterated truth he said not only have i not divorced you i ain't exposed you we didn't marry fans we married forever and we wanted forever to act like a fan reveal her jesus i will not compromise Mm-mm. I'm getting a woman God. You don't have to.
2: And Father, I declare for his future wifey, thank you for
0: preserving her. This season, I declare miracles and manifestations. See, you're selling scripts. And you're unique. You ain't like nobody else. I, I noticed that right away. You being true to who you are, you're going to attract. Mm. It's a Hebrew word, hayil, and it was translated wealth, and it means people. It means men, it means resources, and it means means. I'm Letaris R. Whitfield, and this is the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, Letaris R. Whitfield. Listen, are you still shacking up with us? If you're still shacking up with us, come on. Can we make a commitment? Hit that subscription button and subscribe. Make sure you turn on your notification bell so you'll be notified about upcoming episodes. And if, and if you're listening to us on streaming platforms like Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or however you listen to this content, make sure that you rate it five stars and leave a review. We are so excited in season six. A lot of y'all are finding so much value this season, as y'all know has been affectionately titled, Miracles and Manifestations. So I bring guests on this season that I believe that God is gonna use to inspire you and speak to you in ways that you've never been spoken to before. And so far God has been doing exactly that. Well, y'all have inboxed me several times on Instagram, on YouTube, even on Facebook. Y'all said, get this particular man on the podcast. And the Lord saw fit, he saw favor. I found favor in the sight of God. (laughs) And God has blessed me through my connection with David Burris. He connected us to this amazing man and his dynamic wife. It's an honor to have them on the podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. My new homies, R.C. and Lisa Blakes. How y'all doing? Fantastic. On top
1: going higher. On top
2: going higher, running up and down the highways and the byways, byways.
0: telling lost souls about Jesus Christ. Oh, man. Let me tell y'all. We talked uh, a little moments before pushing record, and I asked y'all what would be the title. If y'all's love story had a title for a movie, what would it be called? Uh, You said, Inseparable. Uh, What did you say?
1: In the Right Time?
0: Yeah. uh, Right Timing. Right Timing. Yeah, Right Timing. And then y'all said, you know what? What'd you say, R.C.? Hey, I'm going to let you figure it out. He said, let yeah. me figure it out. So what I'm going to do, uh, which is different, we'll do this whole episode and I'll come back and give it a title uh, because they almost had me running around my studio and just <laughs> trying to do a pre-interview. And I was like, hold on, y'all got to quit that. Y'all finna have me running around this place. (laughs) When I tell y'all y'all are in for a treat, this dynamic couple, they are unapologetically who they are. They are dynamic. They're transparent. And I see in the the five minutes that I've I've spoken to y'all, I see why this works. I see why this works. Um, Mm -hmm. If I were to ask you, R.C. Blakes, who is R.C. Blakes?
2: R.C. Blakes is a
0: student of life. That's what I am. I... I
2: I make mistakes, I learn from them, and I try to teach the people
0: coming behind me. That's yeah. good. That's R.C. Blake. That's good. Lisa? A servant. You're a servant.
1: I'm a servant. Everywhere I go, that's yeah. what I do. That's who I am.
0: Accurate. You, you find joy in serving.
1: I absolutely do. Why? I, th- I think that's just my gift. God just gave me that gift, and I just love it. That's where I feel most fulfilled.
0: Yeah. You always been like that as a always, kid?
1: Always, always been like that.
0: You're the kid that always go help out your parents or help out teachers and all
1: that? I'm the one. I am that one. Why does this work?
2: This works because God put us together. You believe that?
1: Oh absolutely.
2: I know it. There's no way in the world we're sitting here. But what? for but for God. Why do you say that? Uh because I I I, I know me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The man that, uh, that I was would never have been in this place, doing, with, doing life with this woman, accomplishing what we're accomplishing, but for the hand of God. When you say the man that you were, who was that man? I was a 15-year-old father. I was the son of a prominent pastor, nationally known. And uh young lady got pregnant and um Baptist church in the south. So if 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 uh hanging somebody upon the cross <laughs> were illegal, they would have been on that cross. They would have hung me on that cross. And then I, I, I shifted from that, you know, the natural evolution. I turned into a full blown womanizer. Use some King James whoremonger,
0: uh, you know what I'm saying? Is King James. Yeah,
2: and 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 not just not not just uh, practicing that behavior, proud of it. Yeah, and didn't yeah. wanna didn't wanna change it. Never never thought I, I would ever change that. While
0: you was in the church, while I was in the church. So what made you uh, lack conviction in that area in the church? Uh, because it's
2: what everybody was doing.
0: I was glad you said that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. I was glad you said that, and you because that's exactly why a lot of men of God don't feel a lot of shame, don't feel a lot of conviction or condemnation. Because Correct. the people that we aspire to, other people in ministry, men, you like, they doing the same thing, and God's Correct. still blessing them. Correct. So why am I going to try that hard if I see these other people prospering in the kingdom and they doing the same thing? Yeah, mm-hmm. I was socialized.
2: You know, I was socialized to believe that. Uh, one could have an authentic relationship with God and still behave like that. Mm. The thing that really shifted me, not to shift us off of our conversation, but the thing that really shifted me, my father was a traditional black Baptist preacher. Mm -hmm. With all of the vices that come along with that many times, I watched God fill my father with the Holy Spirit, and I watched my father's life change. I did not believe it, but I watched an authentic evolution of a man of God. And that, I think, was the seed of sanctification that was planted
0: in my spirit. Mm-mm-mm. That is so powerful. What did that do in your journey as a man of God and being called to ministry? What, how did that form and shape your opinion of, how, of yourself and of God?
2: Well, it, it made me realize that there were, are deeper dimensions than religion. Mm-hmm. Prior to my father having an authentic spiritual encounter, I had only known religion. Yeah, And religion said, well, you know, you act like this and yep. you behave like that and you're good. But when I saw a man whose life came into congruency, spirit, soul, and body, you know, it shifted. It shifted what I knew was. You can't unsee it. Yeah. You can't unhear it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so now I'm trying to continue in this, um, this lifestyle. But there's there's a crisis in me because I know that there's better. I know that there's more because God gave me a front row seat to a man's life and watched that man change, and so that set the foundation for who I am today. That's good. And what
0: my values and my beliefs are. Mm -hmm. Before we started recording this, you was telling your wife, getting up to date about an episode that I released. What was that episode? It was, I don't remember exactly how you
2: titled it. It's called Healing from Heartbreak. Man. But I sat and I watched the whole thing all the way through. I had never seen specifically a black man sit down, open his heart, and pour it out to the world. Because you know, most of the time they feel like we are heartless. Yes, mm-hmm. especially as black oh, 100%. men. Oh, one hundred percent. They feel like we are heartless. We don't feel right. Nothing impacts us. And that episode was 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 um. It was life changing for me because it made me realize that we are making progress as black men. Yeah. You know, we're really getting in
0: touch internally now. What did that What did that also speak to you uh, as a black man? Which you end up saying that you've never ever experienced heartbreak. No, I've never, I've never had, I've never experienced romantic
2: heartbreak. Never, never. I've been on the opposite side of that. Right. Every woman um, that I've encountered, but this woman and even her, I've actually hurt her as well. But, you know, I, I came back to, to mend that. I've left every woman broken, okay. but me personally, I've never experienced Heartbreak. So that's why I think I was so captivated uh to sit and to hear a black man
0: pour it out like that. Why wouldn't that be uh something that you was like, oh this this is this is this is crazy. I can't watch this this is not that's not normal. How could you embrace it rather than uh mm. kind of walk away from it or shun away from it? Because I've healed
2: from um uh, misogyny. Ooh. I've healed from, you know, toxic masculinity. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a whole man now. Mm. you know what I'm saying? I'm a whole man now so when i when I heard that I didn't hear I heard strength. That's right. I saw strength. you know i heard I heard a king i didn't I didn't see or hear weakness because I'm listening through uh healthy ears. I'm seeing through healthy eyes. I'm a healthy black man sitting here right now. I'm a healthy man
0: sitting here right now. It was interesting. Someone left a comment. This man was like, um, no, no woman wants a man that will wear his emotions out for the public like that. It, it was like that. That A woman wants a, a man of strength that's not going to cry, that's not going to show their emotions. What would you say about that, Lisa?
1: Uh, hmm. That That is a man of strength. If a man can ex- really show their emotions, I think that's meant man for me. That's a man of strength because it shows that he has a heart of compassion, and then he'll be compassionate towards me. He'll be empathetic towards me if he can do that out 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 loud. Yeah, he can do that in our relationship. Can I add to that? Mm-hmm.
2: Go ahead. This is the only person that I cried to. So he has cried mm-hmm. in front of you before. Oh my yes. goodness! Oh my goodness! That's a man that just—he's not had—he's not found the right woman. There it is. Yeah, he's not found the right woman, and there's never been a time that you know I've I've cried uh, on this woman's chest that she left away from that experience experience, thinking less of me. Of course, mm-hmm. it always strengthened our bond. Yes, because I let mm-hmm. her in. When a man is able to be um emotional with his woman, it means that he has the ultimate trust.
1: That's
0: right. RC, you just hit that That's word. It. You just hit that word. The ultimate trust. You just hit that word. I did an episode, um, and, a, and some women that didn't quite get it was like, "Nah, love is the greatest. I said, for a man, I said, the greatest thing for me isn't love, it's trust. Yeah. I said, because the, there's eight types of love, so I can be loving you, and you may feel love, but I may be giving you an eros love, correct. which is that's erotic, right, correct. and correct. all it is is a sexual love. And I say, but I love you. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, but every time I'm around you, you just want to take my clothes off. But I, that's because I love you. That's because that. I love yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no agape. There's <laughs> no filet of
2: love. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? There's
0: no us love. <laughs> It's, right. just, it's just straight Eros love. And so I said, trust is a whole different level. There's one type of trust. That's yeah. it. And so when you trust somebody, just like you said, especially from a man, when we trust you, you can have it all. Correct. That person opens himself up for heartbreak. That person says, here it is. I'm giving you all of me. Correct. Oh, my God, I'm scared because you could destroy me at this moment. Correct. And you hit the nail on the head, the ultimate trust.
2: Yeah. So Why true. do you think
0: it's hard for men to get to that place?
2: um i think because i think just naturally the way god made us we have to always be in a posture in a defensive posture to protect and and so you know when a man gets to the point where he's feeling like he's going there with a woman it almost feels like he's putting his armor down <laughs> exactly. it's almost yeah. it's almost like samson lying on delilah's lap teach you know what I'm saying? Yeah, And he trusted the wrong woman. <laughs> he sure mm-hmm. did. He trusted the wrong woman with his truth. And so I, I, think, I think as men, we're built to be the defenders. And I think naturally for women, they're built to be the nurturers and to lean on us. So it takes more for a man to get to a point where he actually can
0: put that armor to the side for a minute and open his heart to a woman. And when he exposes himself like that and it doesn't <laughs> – and it turns out like he – Well, his greatest fear happens to him. He'll put that armor on. And sometimes he put somebody else's armor on. He got like five pieces of armor on. He's like, I'm never opening myself up again like Correct. Correct. Absolutely powerful. Uh, Y'all's journey to this amazing marriage uh, didn't come without adversity. Um, How many years have y'all been married? She says 27, I say 28. <laughs> Why you say 28? Why is there a I, the, I I, the I,
2: discrepancy? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I said it for so long, I'm just trying to justify. You know what I mean?
0: Just but about the, you, right? Yeah, the dates don't line up, but I, I said it publicly so long, so I'm just sticking with my story. You're gonna, man. you you going to stick to it. All right. Um, so I've been married 27 to 28 years. and yeah. um, <laughs> something, like <that. laughs> something like that. Something like that. Something um, like that. How did y'all begin? Take us back to... Uh, 28 years ago. Um, no, we're gonna go back more years than that when y'all started dating because y'all dated for uh, off and Three on. Years. How many years? Five years. Yeah, I don't know. Something
1: like that. She <laughs> she
2: she has a different number on that too. We dated for. A what what, what
1: number you got, Lisa? I got I got about five before we five got five married. before y'all got married with a break with a break. Yeah.
0: and the break was how long? A year and a half. Yeah, about a year and a half. A year and a half. All right, so y'all started dating. How old were you, old RC, during that time? Yeah, uh, to be in my mid mid to late twenties. Mid to late twenties. Uh, you have been previously married, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. How many years were you married at that time? I don't. I, I don't know. wasn't many. <laughs>
1: Two, I think.
2: (laughs) It wasn't many. I see don't remember nothing, dude. (laughs) No. No, some things you want to (laughs) forget. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Some things need to be forgotten.
0: Some things need to be thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, because of my own doing. Yeah, Uh, yeah, your own doing. Well, let's talk about that, R.C. Uh, You said that you was telling me previously that you had never been faithful to a woman before. Never in my life. This is the first woman
2: I've ever been faithful to. Never wanted to be, never thought it was natural for a man to be faithful. I didn't have a desire to be faithful to a woman. And um, for obvious reasons, we kind of mentioned a little bit of it. And um, so God, I'm, I'm a 15-year-old father. Yeah. God calls me into ministry at 17 years old. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to get out of the church, you know, I'm going to go away for college. And I'm getting out of church. God calls me into ministry right before I graduate, which now locks me in. And I'm a second generation pastor of a ministry that my father once passed. My brother and I worked together. And so I'm preaching in homungen. Yeah. I'm preaching on Sunday and I'm in the hotel on Sunday night. He said Sunday night. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so God, God supernaturally arrested my life. And God showed me my future. I'm walking in a little bit of it now.
0: Mm, a God, little bit of it. God
2: showed bit. me my future. But then God said to me, he said, I cannot bring you there with you living the way you're presently living. Teach. Mm-hmm. And so there began the process of sanctification of
0: a little Baptist boy. That's like a name of a book. Yeah, it does, huh? Yeah. It does. The sanctification of a little Baptist boy. Yeah. The
1: process.
0: The
2: process of holiness. Actually, I wrote the book.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you were a young 17-year-old minister of the gospel. You preaching. Um, You get married at what age? I got married three days after I turned
2: 18 years old. You got married real young. Yeah. I had um, my oldest girl. I'm 58 oldest daughter is 40, Three. 43. So it's 15 years between us. Yeah. And, um, and then, uh, we had another daughter in that marriage and that didn't work for obvious reasons.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 18 years old. You, yeah. It's yeah. like, do you believe that people, uh, would you recommend or suggest that? Cause we always say there's no time to get married or whatnot, but from a wisdom standpoint, do you believe that, the odds are against you getting married at that young age not even knowing who you are at 18 i absolutely do believe that now yeah. sometimes you know yeah sometimes it so works sometimes yeah. there's yeah. an
2: exception to the rule yeah. but your you, your brain is not even formed no
0: it ain't developed to uh, 21 no, your, your frontal lobe your
2: values are not in place you don't know who you are you don't know what you want and so you may have the greatest intentions but the odds are really against you at that young age. And even mm-hmm. if even if y'all make it work, yeah. there are a lot of regrets later in life because you just did not get a chance to experience certain things that I think all of us
0: have to experience. That's real. That's real. And so you meet Lisa. You were preaching in the church, and she was one of the congregants. She came and, to the church. Uh, and um, and so how did that happen? Lisa, how did y'all, y'all meet?
1: So, I mean, I just came to church. Um, I really came to church to see my little cousin get baptized, so I was kind of late getting there because I'd gone to church with my mom earlier that day. And I walked in, and I just came to, you know, he was preaching. I sat down in the back somewhere and came for the baptism and uh, ended up joining church because that day was the first time I'd actually heard a preacher make the Bible life applicable. Mm. It made sense to me. It wasn't like a Shakespearean thing. Every church that I'd gone to was like, you know, thou art and all and I yeah. was like, What? Like, tell me something and he broke it down and made it so real and applicable to my life, I thought, wow. And I was just drawn and I joined the church and that church was thirty-five miles from my house. Thirty-five miles? Yeah. And thirty-five minutes from my house, rather. And so I said, my my family was telling me, Oh, well just go ahead and get baptized there and we can find another church closer to home and I tried. But for whatever reason, the Lord pulled me to drive those 35 minutes every week to go to that church. So that was the first thing, I think. That was, you know, I was pulled mm-hmm. because of um, the word and because of the the life application of that word to my life. It made sense. And then um, I found out later that uh, he remembered this girl walking in with a blue dress and a ponytail.
0: You remember that blue dress <laughs> later? <laughs>
1: And um, you know, I was a little Catholic girl, not a real into Catholic girl, but a little Catholic girl. And he then asked me on out to dinner, and I thought, "No, you're God. <laughs> yeah, people yeah. don't date God. Like, yeah. are you are you serious? Yeah. That's a Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I was, I yeah. thought, what? This man is crazy. <laughs> I'm not God. <laughs> I can't go. I'm far from it. Trust I can't me. do that. And um, my mom told me, "Yeah, well, it'll be okay." And so I went. Your mom was Catholic too, right? My mom was Baptist at that time. She had okay. And so, you know, I went. I was nervous because I was having dinner with God.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was really... Now I she told
2: God to put the trash out. <laughs> <laughs> and she told God, kiss you me know? right here. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and I realized that he was really a real man. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. And then...
2: You know, and that, and that yeah. brings me to something, and I don't mean to just take over the podcast. No, I want you to talk. We have a brings, conversation. That brings me to something that that we've been struggling with in our community. I'm trying to get women off of this my type thing, mm-hmm. which is based on visual yeah. things that are superficial. Yep. Where a relationship starts gives you a great scope or view mm-hmm. into where it probably will end. If it starts on sex, it's gonna end when it's no longer sexy. If it starts on money, it's gonna end when you're broke. Yeah. Our relationship started with me being her pastor. Mm-hmm. And then we became friends. And then she she really got involved in the vision. And all of this other stuff came later. Mm-hmm. So now we've we've gone from our twenties, now I'm fifty-eight, now yeah. I am 58 now i will tell you how old she is. <laughs> and Life is changing, but the foundation where we started is still intact. Still intact because it's lifelong, and so many people are looking to to start what they think will be lifelong, you know, relationships on superficial foundations that that don't last but fifteen years, ten or fifteen years of if that long, if Mm -hmm. that long, yeah. And so now we're the greatest friends. Yeah, we're partners in vision. And it couldn't be sweeter.
1: And even to add to that, he you, you know when I, when he, when he asked me out, I thought that he's not the kind of physical person that I would want to date. What? In fact, in fact, let sure me tell enough, you, I ain't never heard that before. He was he was about to tell his shocked. podcast up. What? I mean, I just never imagined. Until, but the main thing I didn't what imagine, let me mean? tell you. What you mean? Let me tell you. You fine, baby. And um but but he told you he was running women at that time. Yeah, right? yeah, and you knew his, that? no, but his eyes like he, he used to the style back then with these big old glasses, you know. And see, his eyes better, listen, His eyes were red every week. And I'm like I told you what I didn't is want going to bring on? on what is going on with this dude's eyes being red every eyes, week? Man, he wasn't was up sleeping. all I was
0: up all night. <laughs>
1: I didn't know that. I'm like, what is wrong with this dude?
0: You thought he smoked weed? Girl That's what I sweat. thought.
1: That's honestly what I thought.
0: I see you wasn't getting no sleep. No, no, I wasn't getting no sleep. I
1: wasn't getting no sleep.
2: <laughs> I didn't know this girl would come on here and talk all this shit. I, I, But I told you I didn't want to bring her on here. He wanted to bring you all these well, in the defense. He was well, like, see? he's like, she ain't gonna
0: talk that much.
2: <laughs> <laughs> she talking <See>? too much.
0: <laughs> So so when you did you ever ask him about why his eyes was red? Not till way later.
1: <laughs> Not till way later. I told, I said, I thought you were on drugs. Oh yeah,
0: I wasn't on drugs. It
1: was a different kind of drugs. <laughs> it was
0: a different kind of drug. Different kind of drug. And so y'all when did y'all form a committee? Were y'all just dating each other or was it were y'all like we go together, circle yes or no? Um, uh, we never
2: really had a conversation, but it got to a point where um we it turned romantic, and I, you know, this, this was the only one I wanted to spend time with. Yeah. Because the the timelines are kind of confused because I'm going through this this process as a young man. Yeah. Where God is really sanctifying me, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm taking another look at the way I've been living my life, and now God's giving me this vision. He says, "But you can't go there living like you're living." So I'm I'm really going through this transformation. Uh, as a man and as a man of God at the same time and she's right there she's right there with me Mm. and so I'm I'm dumping a lot of this stuff that I had Mm -hmm. been carrying she doesn't even realize this is going on yeah and the bond that she and I were developing um you know it was it was unbelievable and you know
0: I knew it was God so what did you see her as at that time what did I see her as? Yeah, like from a future standpoint, it did not go that far. You like, this is a great woman in my life right now.
2: I I th- I thought in the beginning, I, I I well, I knew I was I was dealing with my wife. <clears throat> I did not want to really face that fact <laughs> because it was like I was getting, you know, the Holy Spirit was giving me. I was I was getting control of my sex life, yeah, which I had never had. And so I'm thinking in my mind, okay, well, it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to hang out here with the Holy Spirit, and I'm gonna live like the live like the priest, and I'm just gonna be celibate yeah. and uh, or abstinent, and 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 uh, just gonna do ministry. But in the meantime, she and I have just gotten closer and closer and closer. Yeah. So I get to this point where I have so much respect for. Her, I'm like, um, you know. I don't think I, I'm, I wanna get married. I don't think I'm gonna get married. And I know you desire marriage. So I think it's best you move on with your life. And so I'm thinking that she's gonna do like everybody else. You know, why? What did I do wrong? Please don't do this. You know what I'm saying? You you Hold on, Lisa, what you do? I told him, okay. She didn't ask me why. She didn't ask me what did she do wrong. Okay,
1: she just said okay. Okay, Lisa, Lisa, why you just say okay? Okay, and went about my business because this is what he he decided he didn't want. He didn't want I'm all still, of this. I'm still so i said okay. That, Let me tell
0: you something, y'all. Lisa's, okay, y'all, Lisa's got something in common. I told you my ex-wife was named Lisa, and I told her I want a divorce. She said okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I said hold on, jingle, bro. <laughs> I'm telling you. I don't know what's wrong with y'all, Lisas. She was just like okay. I said, well, God, dog, I Look, was. You just, just. Nah,
1: in private. I mean, away from him, I did have. Yeah. My heart was broken. I yeah. did cry some days. I really did I know. I it. cried some you days. You never knew it. She wouldn't. I called. had all of. I had all the temptations to call like everybody else. To, to, back not, then it was pagers. Yeah. To but now look,
2: not only does the girl say okay, <laughs> and still come to church, <laughs> still came to church, and don't talk to you know, don't speak to me to come to church. Not yep. having, but just move on, go on about her business, yep. oh, and then later, I find out she got a boyfriend. <laughs> it hurt. It hurt right there. Not now. That may be the only time <laughs> I had a little heartbreak because watch this. Watch this, Doc. Here I am, overweight, yeah. broke, young black pastor. <laughs> she go get a boyfriend. Why she can't get somebody I can laugh at? <laughs> She going get a big league baseball player, a millionaire, with a six pack. I'm sitting there looking at my belly, and she over here with a millionaire. You hear what I'm saying to you? And I'm like, man, that that was tripping me out. It was like game turned around on me. You said, you said, why couldn't she get somebody you could laugh at? I wanted yeah. her to get somebody I could laugh at. Doc, I couldn't. I couldn't say nothing.
1: <laughs> You didn't bring him to church with you, did you? Listen, oh, no. listen. I bring Can parent. I tell you the truth, though? Go ahead, Lisa. I honestly wanted him to come to church. You better not bring that man to that church. <laughs> I wanted him, because you know where my brought, heart I My heart a, was I over here, I wouldn't right? a pastor
2: today if she had brought that man to that church.
1: My but heart was over here. <laughs> I begged this man to come to church. Mm-mm. I did. Mm-mm. That man Mm-mm. never came to church. <laughs> man
0: knew been to come to that church? <laughs> the did Lord he, had him, in my Did he know that you used to date him? No.
1: Did he? No. No, he didn't. No, no, he didn't. Yeah. And he still didn't uh-uh. want to come. I'm learning. Was he, he a believer? He was.
0: He just didn't want to come to he didn't church? Want,
1: he didn't want, he hmm. didn't want to come to church. He didn't actually live in the city, so he came in. You know, he was out of state. So he. when he,
0: he came, didn't when he right came right in now. town, he, he, he was working out RC, or whatever. Or you won, RC. You won. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you still won,
2: RC. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm getting a little heated here.
0: He said <laughs> he got a six-pack. He said, I got a belly. He said, I want somebody to laugh at him. I'm looking at this dude on TV. You I know, saw this game, did Strike <laughs> out. Strike out. You have a preaching time. I want you to fall and twist your ankle, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting. So, y'all had this breakup for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Did. What rekindled y'all's relationship? I
2: went by my mom's house, and my mom says to me, I haven't seen Lisa lately. <laughs> and so I'm trying to avoid it, you know? I'm trying to avoid the conversation. So, she goes back into it. Where's Lisa? (laughs) I said, well, you know, Mom, I'm just really focused on ministry now. God's doing something with me. (laughs) And uh, I told Lisa that it's probably best she move on because I'm not getting married. And my mom said, babe, come here and me tell you something. I know God doing all this stuff in your life and everything, but you are not the kind of man that can be out here (laughs) without a wife. There it is. Mm -hmm. You're making a fool out yourself. There it is. And so I left. You know, a little heated with my mom, of course she didn't know it. (laughs) And then Holy Spirit says to me later, your mom told you the truth. Lisa is your wife. So now I'm challenged with, (laughs) how am I I gonna bring my belly (laughs) (laughs) broke, my empty wallet and call this girl? Now (laughs) she ain't call me. My pride is on the line here. I gotta call this girl. And say to her, I made a mistake. <laughs> and I got a hope. She don't tell me, number one, I got to hope she don't laugh at me and tell me get on. Down yeah, the road. Yeah. So, but I made the call. You did.
0: How long did it take you from that moment of talking to your mom? It didn't take long.
2: Once I, once I, once I heard the Lord, my mom's voice and the Lord's voice, it didn't take me long. Mm-hmm. I, I made that call probably within days, if I didn't start that same day. And... uh she said, she said, yes. I said, I, I, I want you to be my
0: wife. Oh, the, the first call you said that? Yeah. I called her back and said, hey, I, I made a mistake. Hold I, on, <laughs> Lisa. <laughs> you know, he hadn't told you he didn't want to get married. Now he called you out the blue and then say, he don't say, how you doing? Let's go out. Let's, let's start dating again. He said, I want you to be my wife. Yeah,
1: I think you're supposed to be my wife. And I said, okay. But then, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, well, he said God told him. Yeah. And I'm like, well, God didn't tell me. You know, I was thinking, wow, God hasn't told me anything. Why is He telling me that this man is my husband? I'm, I'm dating somebody else right now. This, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs>
2: this ain't going the way I thought it would go.
1: <laughs> so he, I mean, he did, and then he did an official proposal later. But I had to hear. I mean, like I, I shared with you earlier. Yeah. I had to really go to God for myself. What was that process like, though? And that was, you know, knowing his history, like I was telling you earlier, I told—there were two stipulations for me, and I said, God—the first thing was, I asked God, I said, now, if he's really my husband, I'm not sharing, so you need to show me, and I That's need you good. to really put it in crayon terms, because you know your child is kind of slow, so I need you to put it in crayon terms that he is going to be faithful to me, like That's good. I'm the only one, and— uh, the sign was clear. Really? Yeah, it was really, really clear. Um, when he, you want me to tell him? Hey, yeah, you said everything else. Uh, <laughs> Maybe we're gonna finish. Well, now. tell the truth. Let tell you. the truth. I mean, you got to, you know. You said my so now? he he had some little girl that you know. Oh my that god. That some little girl. Why would you? This little girl told him that um, if you marry Lisa, I'm going to kill myself.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. So.
1: We were talking, you know, we were talking, I'd come back and we were talking and he said, I have one more thing to take care of. And I said, what is that? He said, ex and so told me that yeah. if if I married you, she was going to kill herself. I'm just going to go talk to her. Now, this is a man that would never say <clears throat> yeah. anything like that to me. So That's I good. knew it had to be God. Yeah. I knew it had to. I said, yeah. okay. And yeah. He, yeah, so that was my sign there. But he
0: was being transparent.
1: Absolutely. And that transparent, tell me actually about this other person yeah yeah it was clear that that well, was that's gone. good King was and, gone.
0: and what did, what did you think when you when she started being responsive to your courtship at this point
1: um
2: <clears throat> I mean I was grateful for it because I did not deserve um I didn't deserve that uh not that I disrespected her. I I really did try to do the whole thing in a respectful way but nonetheless I put her through a lot. And so I was very grateful for her being being receptive um for a minute I wondered if she still loved me like yeah that. but it didn't take me long to realize that you know she still loved me
0: when you say long of course you ain't good with time so I'm going to ask Lisa about how long how long do you think it was between when he called you and you heard from God that moment happened and before it was confirmed to you that God, in fact, has chosen this man to be your husband.
1: It wasn't long, maybe about a week or so, really? I would think. Yeah, because I needed to know, because here's the thing. Um, I said yes, but I still needed God to really tell me yes. And so um, when I said yes, he said, we're not going to wait no long time. Mm-mm. Because can I tell you the secret? Yeah. It was yes, but no sex. So, okay, we getting married next month. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "What you doing tomorrow at about twelve o'clock?"
0: <laughs> so hey. I was like,
1: "Let's get married hey, now!" Like today, I was ready, bro. He was ready to go get you married, know what I'm right? God had done some works in me, and I was. <laughs> so I, I, I learn to... lesson. graduate. <laughs> so I needed God to so hurry I up diploma. and talk. I need like... this, the Let's graduate. <laughs> <laughs> I needed God to hurry up and talk like right quick because this guy's setting the date. We got to go. So oh, tell me, this is him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so, how long was it from that date? It was you said y'all got married what October? When October. was it? October first? Mm-hmm. October first.
1: <laughs> October first. So, what
0: year? Ninety five. Ninety five. And so, um, so you were, you were, your, your mom was already like, what'd your mom say when you said, "Mom, I called her and said that"? Oh, she was ecstatic. You know, my mom loves, <clears throat> my mom loves
2: Lisa, and that's her daughter. She till the day, she was, she was absolutely ecstatic. But I want to go back to something that I think would really help a lot of um lot of people. She she prayed, she knew who I was, mm-hmm. and she prayed for God
0: to make her everything that I needed. Oh yeah, when Lisa told me that, hold yeah. on. I want you to tell that. What was that? You because what he was talking about, the prayer that you prayed. Mm-hmm. What did you pray again?
1: So here's the thing. Um, I did not feel like I was even qualified to be his wife. And I said, because I was never one that, to be in the front and, you know, he's a pastor and all of that. So my, I was crying out to God and I was actually going to church. And um, God said, you know, I will make you everything that he needs. That was the first thing. And then I said, God, I need, because of his history, I need you to really make me everything that he needs. Every woman that he's had Um, Whatever it is, maybe it was something that she cooked that he liked. I need to know how to cook it. Mm. So I need you to make me everything he needs so he never has to look outside of this house. Never. Lisa,
0: Lisa, Lisa. Lisa, like I said, every time you say that, it hits me on a level that, that that's, that's, that's very different. It's a different school of thought. Uh, when you were sharing that earlier, uh, R. C. was like, and this is a boss woman saying this. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is, is that they have this term nowadays for women who understand how to exist fully in their femininity. They call them pick me's. When you say stuff like that, if you were to say that right now as a single woman, Heck, they probably say something as a married woman. Ah, she'll pick me. She already married. What you talking about? But they'll be like, you're saying everything that a woman wants, uh, that a man wants to hear for him to choose you. Tell me why is that important for you to say that? You just said something that that has reverberated across the world. You said you wanted God to make you everything that he
1: needed. Because that that not only satisfies him, but it's it provides me with a sense of security that I won't ever have to question if he's gone somewhere or if he's with somebody. This is a man that when I married him had a lot of connections with women because he's a pastor. Yeah, And so women were always, let me tell you, I was so secure and have been so secure since day one that we drove separately to church. If women were talking to him, I was gone home to cook. It was never a time in our marriage ever that I felt a sense of could he be with somebody else or can somebody else fill my shoes? They can't because God put in me everything that he needs.
0: R.C. Correct. Is that facts? (laughs) That's facts. What is it
2: it about her that you see? Um, I mean, my wife is, she's my friend. She's my um, partner in business. She's my confidant. She's my counselor. Uh, when I was younger and had a voracious sex life, she
0: accommodated <laughs> she
2: older is that when I was young. <laughs> now that I'm old and a little more, she accommodates tame, that too. She accommodates that too. My wife, <laughs> seriously, she's been everything. Like the proverbs, the proverbs 31 woman, the Bible says her husband had no need of spoil. If if this ever fell apart, it won't be because she didn't do her job. Mm. RC, RC, how long? You, you know what I'm saying. That was good. It that's the truth. Mm. If this ever fell apart, my, my wife, my wife, from day one as a young woman, served me like African women serve their men, how uh, Middle Eastern women serve their men. But the driving factor in that dynamic has always been, I've honored my wife like Christ honored at the church. Mm. I've always respected my wife. I I speak kindly and respectfully to my wife. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that I have my wife does not have access to. Good. I make certain that my wife is priority number one. Yes. And when when you get two people that can put the ego aside, when the man can leave all that toxic masculinity mm-hmm. and, yes. a, and the woman can leave all of that... Uh, Toxic feminism and put that stuff in the trash and actually allow the Holy Spirit to make them one. There's nothing outside of your house you need.
1: And if you, I think if you go into the relationship with, um, I'm here to meet his needs and he's here, here to meet my needs. All the needs are met. There it is. All the needs are met, but selfishly, I think, uh, so many, and especially I think I see it in so much in this generation, because you were talking about the boss chick. yeah, And, uh, you know, like women are bossing up, which is amazing yeah. and doing great things it and is. learning how to take care of themselves. And they really don't need a man right. per se, but they've got some of them gone overboard. Facts. And so when they get into the relationships, it's like, it's still all about me because they've been fighting so long you know, to really get to this certain level. So they just forget that they're. I'm here to meet that need. Yeah, I want to add something to
2: this Teach. That, that I think is important. When we first got together, she's an RN. When we first got together, she made more money than I was than about to say,
0: she's a breadwinner. because RN be making mm-hmm.
2: that loot. She yeah. made more money than me. Yeah. Not one second of our 27, 28 years... Have I ever felt like anything or anyone other than the head of my house? That's right.
0: Why? How did... How, let me ask you this, Lisa. Who taught you this?
1: And that's the thing. It's who taught cra- you this? It's crazy because I didn't have any teacher. I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have... You didn't mom. grow up with a father? I did, but he was no you good because he... he, he was, I was the abuser, one of my abusers, so he was not no good. Then my mother... Um, they they divorced when i was very young and i was separated from my mother for a very long time so and she didn't have that kind of training either so it was like nothing but nobody but the holy ghost that really mm-hmm. s- taught me and trained me um how to be the wife that he needed and um i just i fell into that submission again because like he said he's always honored me and um you know when we when i was making that money i brought my checks home put it down she did brought my checks home put it down like it wasn't it was no Need for me to say, okay, well, yeah, I'm making this money. I'm going to make these decisions, and I'd been on my own for such a long time that I really was making decisions on my own. Right. So,
0: so, so from what age? So you said you were separated from your mom from what age to what?
1: Well, my mom and my parents got divorced when I was six, and so I didn't reunite with my mom till after I was going to, when I was going going to college, getting ready to go to college. So, who you raised by? Uh, well, I was, I left my, my myself. I left home at sixteen.
0: So I'm talking about you say they got divorced at six.
1: And my, I was with my father.
0: Okay. So you with your father. Yeah. yeah. So when they divorced, you went with your
2: father. Yeah. That's how she yeah. got from Jamaica to Canada. Yeah. Her father took her from her mother and brought her to Canada.
0: Oh, I forgot. You were, yeah. you were, you were living, you grew up in Jamaica.
1: I was born there, yeah. Born in Jamaica. when I was 10. Then mm-hmm. you went
0: to Canada with your father. And grew up there. And grew up there. And you said that he was one of your abusers.
1: Right. So I left when I was 16. I ran away. And so, you know, I really didn't have anybody to teach me how to be a woman, let alone how to be a wife. So God did what he did.
2: Now, this opens up another, um, I think, subject that people are buzzing about today. High-value man, high-value woman. Teach. With us, it was never about me being a high-value man or her being a high... We always had a vision of being a high value couple. Teach. Mm -hmm. So my money was always hers, her money was always mine. Yeah. And now that we're at a point because we've worked together. Yes. That, you know, we're in that top whatever percent, whatever percent. Yeah. It's us. We are a high value couple because because God brought us together. And we put aside all of that other stuff that this generation is enamored with you know worrying about you got a good man a man that respects you a man that has a work ethic but he don't have enough zeros Mm -hmm. well if he get the right woman to help him put it together like God gave me the right woman Mm -hmm. I told you in our initial discussion yeah I didn't marry I didn't pursue Lisa because of sexual attraction, of course, I was sexually attracted to Lisa. Right, but I had that a million times. Yeah, not literally, but you know, two hundred thousand. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't. I didn't marry her because because of her money. I knew I was gonna make money. Yeah, I married her because I knew that this woman fit my future. When we said I do at that altar, I was looking at twenty twenty three. It was nineteen ninety five but I was in 2023. Teach, King. I was in 2033. Teach. Uh And I knew that this woman had what it took if we put ourselves together under the auspices of God.
0: Unbeatable team. Yeah, I'm telling you, it, it, it hit me the same way it did about 15 minutes ago when you said about 30 minutes ago. Let me tell you something. I talked about this on one of my recent episodes about I believe the guy puts a time capsule in that Purpose partner that unlocks different dimensions unlocks from that person and the time that you needed. For instance, right. year four, like year four of your marriage, something that you needed in that moment, and you're like, "Oh my God, I just don't know how I'm gonna make it." And she go, "Oh, I got you on that." You're like, "How you know it?" Mm-hmm. Just like I'm asking her, "How in the world did she know all this stuff about being a wife?" And she's like, "I don't know. Just God gave it to me because mm-hmm. she doesn't have the foundation that supports this level of 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 wifery." You know, no. we're gonna make up a word. It just it just she doesn't have that support system that would make sense for that. She didn't grow up watching a healthy marriage. She didn't walk. She she has no frame of reference, but no. yet and still the Holy spirit downloaded in her, what Absolutely. it looks like to be a Proverbs 31 woman. Correct. And she's effortlessly walking that thing out. Um, it, it blows my mind, but I believe that, like you said, you look to, you know, 2033, that way back then, God put something inside of R.C. Blake's that Lisa's going to need and vice versa, that when y'all get to that moment, you go, man, OK, now I'm in this other space in my life. And then she go, oh, I got you. Hey, I'm in this other space in my life. R.C. said, like, baby, I got you. It just it's mm-hmm. just it's just all this moment. And that's the reason why I love the fact that you said high value couple, yeah. because at odds, people are at odds. Our generation, male versus female, female versus male, they are at odds. And it's the craziest thing that I've ever seen. Uh, We're always been the narrative for the person's. Uh, false. Like I don't like women and black women are this, this, this. Right. No, I can't trust black men because they this, this, this. And I'm like, what? right. what's wrong? What, you know, can we all get along like like Rodney King? Like what right. is what <laughs> what what's going on right now? You know what I'm saying? Like what has happened. So when you speak to that, RC, what do you think is going on in today's generation where we are at odds with each other?
2: Well, I think it's um I think a lot of it has been, especially in the black community. It has been socially engineered mm-hmm. to keep black men and black women from really coming together. Um, when we made uh, the amount of money a person makes um, the staple of value, yeah. Or when we, we when we adopted the idea that the person that makes the most money is the boss, yeah. of the house, and we lost the concept of union. Mm um when when the when the church uh, became more enamored with materialism and cars and houses and you know you got to wear this to mean that to signify that God is blessing you and we got away from teaching the book as it relates to the family, a whole generation has lost its um footing, its rooting in terms of biblical values That's right. You know, and so this is what you see when you hear men, black men in particularly. I think we're the only men that I see on the planet that make a whole living on tearing our own women down. And then you see women coming back at their own men. These things are demonic, but a lot of it is socially engineered. And I think we have to just wake up and look at the outcomes. We're not getting good outcomes. At all. You you know, you're making all of this money. You hate the black man. You're making all of this money, but you're miserable. Yeah. That's right. You're not really happy. You know, you you talking about you're a high-value man. You're going to get your passport, and you're going to go over here and do this with these women and all of that kind of thing. Yeah. But you're not happy. Not at all. No. You know, we have to get back to back to the basics. We have to get back to God. We have to fall in love with ourselves again. Teach. Yeah. And allow the Holy Spirit, which brings me to something I want to say anyway, allow the Holy Spirit to introduce the right person into our lives.
1: Right.
2: We have not... This is a generation that is, is just um, committed to finding, trying to make stuff happen. God put us together. That's it. And you know what? If, if more of us would do what I did, I had gotten to a point where I really thought me and God were good enough to rock out alone. I was so fulfilled and so happy as an individual in my purpose that I was willing to say to a woman that I loved, I don't think I want to be married. If you're not ready to be married, you don't need to be married if you need to be married.
0: Right. Hold on, you gotta repeat that one more time. You don't need
2: <laughs> to be married if you need to be married. If you need to be married. Well, that's codependency at a high level. Correct. The, yeah. And what's what's happening is we have women who say, Well, there are no good men. The reality is if I Go into your background. You haven't had a six-month season of your life where you've been without an attachment. Hmm. So how would you know? You you haven't had the space for a good man to show up. Mm. You have. It's, I liken yeah, it to a parking space. God says, "I'm gonna send you a Bentley," but every time the Bentley passes around, you got a hooped in there. There it is. Hmm. There's nowhere for for that Bentley to pull oh, in. That's right. And so if we can embrace alone seasons if we can really take time to uh, plug into God, allow God to give us a love for ourselves, we then allow space for God to create the, the, the relationships that can last a lifetime and be relationships of purpose,
0: purpose partners. Purpose partners. That. Yeah, I love calling them purpose partners. Lisa, he pointed out something that <clears throat> that I really want to uh, highlight in this moment Because after him, you got with a guy that was a millionaire. Why wasn't – and coming from the background that you come from, why wasn't that, like, something that you embraced? Because most women nowadays – I'm going to stop saying most. There's some <laughs> women out there that would prefer that. They went from this broke pastor and then they got this guy that that's in the league and baseballs long money for a long time. Oh, right, right. Then it's like you you're getting everything that you want. That could have been looked at as your blessing. You know what I'm saying? Why yeah. didn't you view it as such?
1: And uh, Because I've never been that person. I've never been that materialistic Mm -hmm. type of person. I've always been. Still not. Yeah, I've I've never been that person. He's he's actually brought me out a whole lot. um, But I've never been that person that just looked at things like that, like stardom, you know, celebrity struck. I'm not that person. And so that it didn't matter to me when he, you know, when he came back and I'm like, okay, I could have that. It didn't matter to me because that's where my heart was right here.
0: So no matter all the money, your heart was still with this broke pastor.
1: My heart was over here. So now that's a lesson for somebody. That's what well, I'm trying to tell you. But you know, I, you know, we go back to um, something that we talk about all the time in marriage ministry, is that um, the woman came out of the man, right? And so when when he was just mentioning that we were sitting here and we're looking for all over the place, God took me out of him. Teach. But then he put us together and the bible says that they should that they would have dominion they would have yeah. dominion so you were just talking about the constant battle and struggle between the man and the woman you know competing basically with yeah. each other we are missing the fact and the biblical principle that the bible says let them have dominion so it's both of us together yeah. and we should never have a competition because god has given he has orchestrated that we both become together For a particular purpose and for a particular vision. And so when we grasp that idea and Mm. we actually sit in our roles, there is no more fighting and fussing and divorcing and all this kind of, there's no more of that. But we have to come back, like he said, to the biblical principle of let them have dominion, let them have dominion. So we're doing this together. We're in this together.
0: Lisa, why you just preached? Oh, she did. Why, why she just preached? Uh, but, but, R.C., you said that she, she liked to be quiet. She ain't going to be coming on here talking. What happened, R.C.? Uh, you stirred up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you and I are going to talk about that after. <laughs> I'm you <all> sorry. Just... <laughs> I apologize. She just came and she just started going all off. I was like, what in the world? That is true. Let them have dominion. Yeah. yeah. So
1: from I've the never beginning, heard that before. Was,
2: from the beginning, it was the concept of high-value couple. Yeah. Teach. God didn't bring up dominion until both of them were together. That's it. God, God couldn't bring up dominion with Adam because Adam was never ordained to dominate Eve. Mm-mm. He could never bring up dominion with just Eve because she was never ordained to dominate Adam. It's when they came together, God said, now nah, let them have dominion.
1: And see what happens with women now. I think, I think a lot of times, you know, we go back and we've got to keep going back to the word because he said he, he created a help meet for you. Yes. And see, a lot of the, what I see now mm-hmm. is women are looking for the man to be the help meet. Yeah. So you're gonna help me to get. (laughs) You're gonna help me to. It's it's messed up.
0: Yeah, everything is backwards.
1: Yeah,
0: Yeah. everything is turned upside down. And so um, October the first, y'all get married. Uh, Did y'all run into any type of adversity and obstacles? Now you have these this young couple trying to do life together. Um, You have a lot of couples that watch the Dear Future Wifey podcast that may be in their season of adversity, and they feeling like they want to throw in the towel. they saying, I must have married the wrong person. Did y'all ever have moments in y'all's life, even though y'all heard God say that y'all are supposed to be each other's mate? Did y'all ever have moments where y'all thought y'all heard God wrong?
2: I haven't. I've never had that moment.
0: Um... From day one, I've known that I made the right choice. Was there any adver- adverse. What about you, Lisa? Do you have any moments where you question God?
1: I think I did. Uh, if what? I have to be honest, <laughs> I, I did, and I think. That, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. See, crazy. So I don't look Seriously? good. Seriously, you see, I'm to... gonna therapy when no. I get there. Yeah. <laughs> um, being from the Baptist church, and that's yeah. where he was raised. Yeah. Um, women were just to be silent, just sit, Yeah. wear your hat, and be quiet. So it was difficult because he, um, I was always a helpmeet. I was always a servant, and I always mm. want to help. Um, but it was difficult for him. At the same time, while I was a servant, I was also that independent woman. Yeah. I raised my, I was on my own before he met me, right? Oh, uh, yeah. So it was difficult for him to balance the, okay, the Baptist church people saying, she needs to sit down and shut up. Yeah, Um, She's kind of a strong-willed woman, so she needs to sit down and shut up (laughs) because she's not going to run me because I'm a man. And then yet um, know that I'm sent to him to help him. So there was a real struggle there for, for us, for me especially, because my desire was to help, but he had to really come to an awareness that that was really my desire and not to take over. Correct. And so that he is interesting
0: because that could be right. viewed. Yeah, that's, so that's, he, a, that's a thin line.
1: Because of that, he didn't all the way um, bring me into partnership. Right. He eased me into partnership. Yeah. Um, because again, back to that trust yeah. word. He yeah. had to trust me yeah. to be in that partnership. And I had to earn that trust. Mm. And so I, that, was, that was hard for me because I was trying to figure out why you can't just. And so it was a struggle for me. I'm like, I, I just want to help you. Like, I, you know. yeah. And so that was that little bit of Rocky for me during that time. Not that I didn't hear God. Or, I knew that God had told me he was my husband. But I was like, God, like, what? What am I here for?
0: God has a sense of humor cuz I feel like I'm talking to my ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> this is it's like what are you doing? But my podcast is my personal journey. So sometimes God be doing little he be doing little nudges like that at me to teach me and this is my whole little healing and restoration uh podcast and what she just said I'm sitting up there like God that was me. I would literally when my wife tried to help me a lot Early on in our marriage, Mm i would be like, I just wouldn't listen to her. i would be like, I can do it on my own. Well, because, first of all, she was four years older than me, so I already felt like she was four years older than me. She was college educated. She had a master's degree. I haven't spent a day in college. And so I already felt like I had to earn her approval, earn her leadership to be Mm -hmm. able to trust me in the the form of leadership. Mm -hmm. And so anytime she tried to help me, I would rebuttal and be like, I got this when I know I needed her so much. Mm -hmm. But then she would also say, it's crazy because you won't listen to me, but then when your homeboys tell you the same thing and Ooh. you do exactly what they say, <laughs> and I go, it was true. So yeah, I just be like, yeah. "No, right. it ain't. I don't be I doing really this." Uh-huh. yes, you do. I watch you do it all the time. Really he do. said you respect their opinion more than me, and I was like, "It's <laughs> on so my brain." I was like, "Can Whoa.
1: I? Can I tell you what go I did for Lisa, that?" Go ahead, okay, Lisa. So talk, Lisa. The same thing Lisa. happened. <laughs> Seriously, the same thing happened. Your wife was right, but and I would say something, and he would be. Dismiss me, yeah. and somebody else would come in to, and I would cry to God like, "What's up with that? <laughs> like, what's? Go- I don't guess, remember that. Guess what? Guess what?
2: I don't ever remember. He'll he that. remember that. I see not remember, remember that. Here's
1: what God told me, and listen to me well, ladies. Does it matter how he gets the message as long as he gets the message? And that was like what? I shut up. I was like, okay, God, if you got to use the dog to talk to him. What's most important? Is him getting the message. Is him getting the message. Mm-hmm. Does it matter? It has to come from me? No, it doesn't. It didn't make you feel slighted? It did not. It did not. I was like, okay. Because my most important thing was that he got the message. I'm trying to help him. It's RC, not about me.
0: R.C., do you remember that journey? I don't, remember, don't. None <laughs> I don't remember none of that. I don't remember none he, of that. He, you, got, you got selective adhesion now? selective adhesion.
1: <laughs> <abuser. laughs> he does. He really does. I do. I do remember <laughs> it.
2: But I remember it from, you know, from my perspective. And, and I... I agree with everything she's saying. You know, there were, time, were times that um, I would listen to outside voices as opposed to hers. Yep. Um, but the way I remember it is more from the perspective of protecting my wife. You know, when you're in he a did. public place of leadership yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and you are the leader, you realize how vicious... People can be, and once, yeah. and once you're out there, you out there, you out there, yeah. and I can't really cover you from the the fangs and the, mm-hmm. and the claws. So I was pretty much trying to protect a young woman from experiencing mm-hmm. all of that, and just allowing her to kind of develop and grow in the context of the community. Uh, but you know that being being healed from that toxic masculinity at the same time that did not allow me many times to appreciate her value that she was bringing to the table or to really recognize the leadership she had in her. A lot of it was kind of like, you know, be seen and just be quiet. Let me handle this part, you know.
0: The Holy Spirit just spoke to me, uh, and I want to make sure that I don't let what you say. I'll be another person that allowed this thing that you dropped to be silent. Uh, When you talked about – abuse that you've experienced, Mm -hmm. because I don't want to just skate over that. And then uh, the Holy Spirit was like, you're just not going to talk about that. Um, And I'm going to give you space and grace to speak about it as much as you want to speak about it. Uh, When you talked about the um, abuse that you went through, Um, let's add reference around that. What type of abuse did you experience?
1: So it was actually sexual molestation by two uncles and my father. And at young, very young ages. And so, um, but, you know, I tell women all the time now, I tell people all the time now, While that was a traumatic Hmm. experience for me. And it did a lot of things to me physically, emotionally, mentally. It just messed me up. I wouldn't change it for the world. Because as God promised in his word, he said he would use everything good and bad for my good. And that, that, Misery has become my ministry Mm. where when I opened my mouth and I said what I said and told the truth and revealed my experience, thousands of women have been um, healed. Some thousands of women have been restored because of my story. And so I wouldn't change it for the world as miserable as it was. And uh, I, you know, it's still a process. Mm-hmm. You feel and, like it's still a process that you I, it's, undergo. It's still a process. There are things that come up, um, uh, but I have again. God gave me the greatest husband that actually was instrumental in that healing process and that journey. How? Um, just being that uh, empathetic person, he knew certain boundaries to go. He taught me, and um, he allowed. He restored that that um that worth in me that was taken away from me that's good king he really did and so i'm yeah. grateful for that
2: which speaks to why i was so protective mm-hmm. yeah of her in the beginning yeah. yeah you know
0: because you knew this and you were like i mm-hmm. knew this and i yeah. knew
2: she was working her way through all of that trauma um now the irony is that um the irony is that um, I've never struggled with hating a person, but I struggle with hating the people. And I've never met, never I've met never these met. people. Of course you would. Struggle with with hating. Um, but it it speaks to the redemptive power of God. Yeah. And, you know, and her story is just so so beautiful. I remember when she first uh, made a decision to share it publicly because our children. Now, another thing that comes out of that is when we got married, she had a medical prognosis that we would not be able to have kids, yeah. but we have a beautiful daughter and a beautiful son. Look at God, miracle, miracle, correct. Miracles. And, and watch this. Here's, here's another irony today. She and I work together um, in terms of ministering to women internationally. Presently, we have a mentoring group that we meet with 12 weeks every Sunday afternoon. We have six countries represented in that group. And it's, it's, it's women that are healing from all kinds and of trauma. trauma. Mm-hmm. I did not know when she and I got together yes. that God was walking me through the actual process yeah. and tying me to my partner, because in the future he had a ministry, an assignment, that's right. an assignment for us together that's right. to bring healing to a generation of women.
1: That's right. So Everything all things work to together. Start for home good. at home first.
2: So what I share with them is based on mm-hmm. what, what I've walked through with my own wife. Yeah.
0: I think even more important, um, because there's one in five women that's dealt with sexual assault. Exactly. Um that there needs to be groups for men to help cover our women who have undergone that because the odds of you dealing or dating or marrying a woman that has dealt with sexual assault is very high high. and we need to have some type of courses, some type Mm of, uh, framework, um, educational piece to teach men how to be more compassionate towards that. I had my good buddies, the Browns that was on the podcast, yeah. Tim Brown and Sharice Brown. And he said that, you know, he played football uh, for the Oakland Raiders. And he said he was out in these streets doing all this stuff. And then he married this woman who had dealt with sexual assault from the age of three mm-hmm. and um, wasn't very, you know, open sexually or whatnot. Yeah. And he said, he says a little joke with God. He was like, God, you trying to get me back from all my whoremongering that I did
1: before. <laughs> and see, that was part of, that was part of the issue because, you know, I told you God make me everything I, he needs. Yes. That was one of the things. Cause sex oh, was yeah. just not like, yeah. the I, can, uh-huh. <laughs> I yeah. can do without that. God is <laughs> and then I'm marrying somebody. That's what he, that's, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. So yeah.
0: Dang, that's beautiful. Gosh, this is so loaded. This is this this is something it's something on this episode. It's something so powerful that I'm doing everything in my power not to just break down right now and just cry because it's this is what I'm talking about. And so when I hear the anger in a in a lot of black women and I hear the anger in black men, it's because they haven't gotten to the root cause of the problem. Exactly. You know, they're not communicating. They're yelling at each other, but not talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And it grieves my heart when I see it. I'm like, what is this? Is this some homosexual spirit that's permeated Correct. the Correct. earth where you're fighting Correct. against each other? I'm Like this don't even make sense. Right. You know, um, and so. When I hear stuff like this and I hear people show up right in each other's lives, uh, no matter the differences, no matter what the, the history is, and not judge the person on the history. She didn't say, oh, God, that's the wrong person for me to marry. Yeah. He has an appetite for this. No, I am totally opposite. Correct. I don't want nothing to do with him. And you like, oh, you got, oh, no, just, <laughs> no, 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 no. I can know That I'm not going to deal with. It's y'all saying, I love you. I care about you. Correct. I heard the voice of God. You are the person for me, and God is able to do all things, and he's going to allow us to work these things out, and then God births ministry out of y'all. Yeah. That right there makes me want to run around this doggone building yeah. because, like you said, unbeknownst to you, this would be birthed out of this. Exactly. Unbeknownst ten to you, this would be birthed yeah. out of y'all. We
1: had no idea.
2: I had no clue.
0: How long y'all been doing this this ministry? Ten years. Yeah. That long about
2: a decade, about a decade. It started off with uh, father, father daughter, daughter talk. talk. That was my that was my first book. That just really mm-hmm. that book still sells around the world every day. And uh, we had a father daughter talk conference. Everything. Speaking to women, everything your father should have taught you. Oh, that's mm-hmm. good. You've been amazed at how many forty, fifty, sixty—they never women heard. Yeah, have never heard the things they should have learned from their father. Yeah, from that it it moved to queenology. Yes, mm-hmm. that's, that's a know, big boy right there. The consciousness of the queen, a queen. Con- you know, what does it mean to be a queen conscious woman? And so now it's gotten deeper because we have this private mentoring group that we do once a year. It's so heavy I can only do it once a year. Yeah. Where we we literally spend twelve weeks with women. Uh, sometimes these sessions are three hours long on Sunday afternoon, where we're dealing with all of the same kind of stuff that she and I have walked through over the last thirty some years. Um, they, you know, she and I together, we're we're ministering to those to those ladies, mm-hmm. and so little did I know, man, that God had all of this in store when we were going through our process. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um wow.
2: You have a book coming out. Yeah. Just drop. Yeah, just drop actually. Me, my Mine Biblical Me. perspectives on narcissistic abuse and how to recover. Me, my Mine Me, Because my, a lot mind. of times we're dealing with people who are who who are narcissists. Now everybody's not a narcissist. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Like in the church where everything a demon. Yeah, everybody's everybody been, not throwing a they been throwing everything. They've been throwing this narcissist word. Everybody. Yeah. But a lot of times people are. Facts. And they, they bring and they do emotional damage to us. And so that you know that was the message that God raised up in my spirit in this time.
0: Mm-hmm. How can I get this book? Amazon. How can I connect to all the stuff that you're doing? Is there a, a website? R- a,
1: rcblakes.com.
0: Rcblakes.com is all things RC Blakes. All uh-huh. things um, RC Blakes. This, this, this mentorship program is on there as well. It yes, is sir. on there. Mordecai Mission is what it's called. Mordecai Mission. You know, I wish I could just talk to y'all all day. You
1: enjoyed
0: it. I do not want y'all to leave. It's like, y'all... I didn't particularly enjoy this conversation. I know, it because it brought out a different side of you that you didn't even understand. That's why, that's why I told him. I said, oh I want your my wife oh here. Let my hand go. Let my We're going to have problems bed. out here in these I got, I
1: got a long drive home.
0: But she know how to make it up to you. Yeah, I do. <laughs> look at you look. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad that y'all were so honest and transparent because people are gonna take so much. People can look at couples like this and be like, "That's unachievable." You know, they just seem like they have it all together, but they didn't realize it was 30 years in the work. Correct. You mm-hmm. know, from even from the dating phase um, all the way to the courtship and marriage that, um, and throughout the marriage, still, y'all are yeah. learning and still evolving, yeah. still cleaving to one another. Uh, it's a continual process until death do we part. Well, one thing I do want to do, I want to honor y'all for pouring into me. This podcast is always personal for me. It's my personal journey as I discover, uncover, and recover love. And so I bring people on the podcast that speak to me, that that I found that I find value in and I pray and I ask God to assign the people that I can become a pupil sitting at the feet of love and extract mm-hmm. knowledge and gems so that I can bring this into my quilt of my love journey and my wife will inherit these jewels and these gems that have been deposited mm-hmm. into me and I've been doing the work just like I told RC yeah in my in my previous marriage uh, I've committed adultery multiple times and I said I no longer I hated myself when I was that man and I said I know I no longer want to be that guy and I I'll do whatever work is necessary for me to show up as the best version for my Mm. future wifey. And so when I was talking to R.C. uh, earlier, I was like, God, that's me right there. And this Mm. is what God can give me. And so what's so beautiful, gosh, God is so intentional, is that I'm looking at a man who walked the walk that I did. But then this is the blessing. This is the Mm. manifestation of the blessing after doing the the purpose work and getting himself together in order to inherit such an amazing woman. And so uh, Mm -hmm. I find encouragement from you guys' love story. I thank y'all for taking the time. Anything else y'all want to say before we depart? Lisa, speak. No, Lisa, Lisa, (laughs) this is what I want you to do. I want you to look at that camera and I want you to speak to this generation of women. Whatever God has laid on your heart, just let it flow.
1: All right. Listen, ladies, uh, future wifey, you have been graced to be somebody's husband, to be the husband of a king. Wife. To be the wife of a king, I'm sorry. To be the wife of a king. You've been graced to be the wife of a king. Take this time to prepare and get ready because your king is being prepared. And you'll be the best wife that God can make make for him.
0: Hmm. R.C., talk to the kings out there.
2: I would say heal and um, don't listen to 99% of the voices out here that speak to masculinity Go back to the creator and Mm -hmm. allow God to really reshape and reform your soul as a man. Yeah. Pull away, heal, get the anger out, locate who you are in Him, and watch God manifest the right woman for you. It's there, it's going to happen. Promise Mm you, I'm living proof. Thank y'all so
0: much, man. You know, a certain guest that I have in my podcast, and I, I, it's, it's, it's going to make all the sense in the world probably about two days from now. It's going to hit me, wake me up in the middle of the night. But it's something that y'all have been depositing in my soul that is like, it's, it's stirring up something. Don't know what it is, but I just feel shaken right now. Uh, so um, I just want to thank y'all. Thank y'all for sharing this time with me. And y'all give it up for thank the Blake you for y'all. Us. Oh, thank, thank you Thank y'all. you, sir. That's awesome. What an honor. Thank you. Ladarian thrusted suddenly into Child Protective Services in 2015. My nephew, black, a boy. The likelihood of being adopted outside of kinship? Slim to none. Armani, 16 years old, black, a boy, with five years in the foster care system before I even knew his name. The likelihood of ever being adopted? Yep, you guessed it, slim to none. While Ladarian and Armani were trying to survive and barely thrive in an overpopulated and underfunded foster care system, I was living my own life, doing well professionally. Having been a single father with a daughter who at that point was doing well in college, it was my time to live my life, right? Wrong. I felt unsettled, tireless, agitated. There are just too many of our black children stuck in ambiguity and in the limbo of the foster care system. In 2017, I legally adopted my nephew, Lidarian. Fast forward to 2019, I had no ties to this other young king, but I felt God instructed me to adopt him also, and I obeyed. Starting over with parenting should have been enough, right? Working with various foster care and adoption agencies to help bring awareness to the countless young black kings in the foster care system should have decreased my agitation, right? Joining the board of directors of Advantage Adoption, an organization that helps find permanent adoptive homes for children in foster care, should have led to some type of resolve, right? No, not at all. None of it felt like I had done enough. I now realize that every one of those experiences was laying the fundamental foundation for my life's mission, Kingdom Royale. Kingdom Royale will be a luxury, state-of-the-art home for foster boys. Our first location will be in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We will utilize the whole person approach that instills identity, empowers them to advocate for themselves, and enlightens them regarding new perspectives and limitless options that they thought were impossible. Though the young kings will attend the local public schools that are in proximity to Kingdom Royale, our at home curriculum will broaden their worldview through participating in the arts, attending various cultural events, learning about and engaging in multifaceted discussions about current events and even relevant historical contexts, introducing them to gardening and landscaping, and even caring for our animals on our farm and on site stables. We just launched our startup capital campaign with the goal of raising $2.8 million. Now, why $2.8 million? Well, in 2017, I created a web series in which I performed random acts of kindness for targeting the homeless community. One of the most notable successes was that one of the videos went viral, garnering 28 million views. However, one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't raise a single dollar to help in implementing a more sustainable plan for the homeless community. So throughout the years, with much remorse, I reflected on not maximizing that moment. I knew if at that time, just 10% of the viewers donated $1, we would have raised at least $2.8 million that could have really established long-term support for the homeless community, or at least started a long-term initiative to do so. This is my do-over. This is our new beginning. Together, we can attack this at the root by specifically helping our homeless black boys who are already disproportionately represented in the American foster care system. I'm the R. Whitfield. I've been nominated for three regional Emmys, documenting my work with the homeless, as well as my personal adoption journey. Despite those accolades, the greatest award for me is truly providing the infrastructure for a transformed life. Visit KingdomRoyale.com for more details. Crown a king and make a donation today. Shout out to the Blakes for blessing the Dear Future Wifey podcast with your story, with your journey. I found so much encouragement in it. felt like God was attacking me (laughs) or bringing to light um, what I had dealt with in my past marriage. God is just so intentional. He's so intentional about everything that concerns this podcast. And so thank y'all for rocking with me. Thank y'all for finding value in me showing up every week. Uh, just following God and I just thank y'all for rocking with me through this journey well here's my favorite part of the podcast where I speak to my future wifey dear future wifey travel with me catch flights and feelings I'll get the window seat so you can lay on my shoulder and drift off to a peaceful slumber security check let's see the world together We'll document our journey on beaches and cabanas, foreign countries and safaris, making memories to share with our grandchildren. Our laughter will be contagious, our love and inspiration, our faith infectious. Your future hubby. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit, live intentionally and transparently.